Welcome to a podcast for moms. I am your host, Julia Sparkman. I am so grateful to have you listening to this episode. Today is a solo episode with yours truly, myself, your host. And yeah, I took some notes beforehand and I'm more or less going to just let what happens, what comes out of my mouth during this solo conversation flow. Last week, I had my birth chart read by last week's guest, Ashley Tracy. So today I'm recording on October 12th, the day before the episode launches, airs, because, you know, life. And Ashley and I initially spoke in September, and immediately after we recorded our conversation, I scheduled a birth chart reading with her because I was so blown away by everything that she shared during our conversation. So I highly suggest you listen to the conversation I had with her, episode 11. And when I had my chart read, the reading, it lasted um, one hour and we explored both my chart and Sloan's chart. And while I completely followed everything she said during the reading, One thing that we talk about during my podcast or the episode that I recorded with her is how I've been exposed to astrology for years now and it never completely sticks because as she describes, astrology is a language and I never fully um, register the language and save the language in my head, yet as she explains everything so clearly. And I, though, I'm going to let her be the astrological expert. And instead, I'm going to leave the astrological language out of this reflection and instead focus on the tangible takeaways I'm implying to my life and maybe offer a few ways that they could apply to your life too. So in short, my reading 100% reaffirmed a lot of the things that I already knew about myself and about Sloan. And as those things were reaffirmed, it gave me so much permission to stop second-guessing myself and doubting myself, specifically as it related to my parenting and a few intuitive um polls I was having about things when I say intuitive polls I've been like pulled in a specific direction in my life and I've been kind of fighting that intuition a little bit and after the reading I was like nope I'm completely I need to go that direction and what I'm doing with Sloan is exactly what she needs right now and to all the astrological naysayers out there um what Ashley shared with me it would not be applicable to a lot of my friends nor their kids. And she didn't know a lot about me or Sloan prior to our conversation. And so I'm simply going to share what I learned. And even if our signs don't match up, I'm confident that some of the lessons that I learned can apply to everyone. And so I'm really excited to share these things. Um, First, I'm going to start with myself. So when I'm talking about myself, like my true self, an overall central theme of my chart is that in this lifetime, my life is all about self-work 
And that has been so (laughs) apparent, particularly for the last, like, I don't know, in February, it'll be 15 years since I had my last drink of alcohol. And so 15 years ago, I started doing a 12-step program. And if you're familiar with 12-step work, that's all self-work, right? And so, you know, working on myself and personal development, that's played out so hard. And that's something that's so important to me in so many different ways. And I always identify myself as a seeker. And that came through in my chart. And it's just an underlying core of who I am, just someone who's constantly pursuing a deeper understanding of themselves. And so it was really um, comforting to see that that is in the stars for me, right? That that's something that's just a part of my lifetime um, because I see other people kind of just like walking around, not um, like sometimes I'm like, why do I care so much? Or why is this so important to me? Because other people, I, I feel like they live more like free, I guess, you know, less introspective. And I'm like, that looks um, easier, <laughs> we'll say. And now I recognize though, that that's just not something that I have the capacity to do because in this lifetime, this is my work is really um, getting to know myself. And I need a lot of space to do that. So this life is all about creating equal space for me just as much as I'm creating space for friendships and relationships and my external involvements. Like I have to create and carve out just equal amount, if not more time to work on myself and and go through my practices and and take care of me as I do the other things. And at times I felt that was selfish. And now I'm recognizing it's just like, it's where I am and it's who I am and I'm going to embrace it. Another thing that came up is I need a lot of freedom. And that was really comforting because she like specifically said like, oh, jobs with, you know, overbearing or controlling bosses, they're not going to work for you. And I'm like, nope, they don't. And I always judged myself on how um, I can be the hardest worker and I can be the most efficient worker. Yet if you try to tell me how to do something or confine me, I just cannot get on board. And so I've never um, thrived in a quote unquote, like real job, because if I don't agree with you, I'm not, I can't, I cannot fall in line. And so I was happy to see that it's not necessarily like a character flaw. It's just like a character trait, right? Like I have to be entrepreneurial. There we go. If I can say that word and I need to do my own thing because that's just literally who I am. And it was really comforting to hear that because it's always been something that I've been, um, very critical, self-critical about. And yeah, so, and you could be listening and being like, I could never imagine having to do my own thing. I like to fall in line. I like to have, you know, operations and procedures and having, you know, clear boundaries and guidelines. And it's like, awesome. Maybe that's in your stars too. But now I'm recognizing that that's not a character flaw. It's a character trait. And that felt really good to hear. Another thing that came up for me in this reading was um, my tendency to overthink and overanalyze and be very cognitive. And I thought 
thought it was just so interesting that she pointed that out because that's something that I've been working on in therapy. Um, I overthink everything and then that thinking, it gets stuck in my body. And astrologically, she explained why I have four my four personal planets are in Virgo in this one specific house. And um, so I live up in my head, but I need it to drop into my body. And it was so interesting, the timing of all this. So I spoke to her on a Tuesday and then on Wednesday I had therapy with my therapist. And my therapist was telling me that I need to feel my feelings more instead of thinking my feelings. And that's something that Ashley spoke to as well. And, um, I got an opportunity to feel some feelings. I watched the show made and it has been, I've been literally sobbing through every single episode and it feels so good to cry. And it just reminded me, um, that I really need to make the space to practice feeling my feelings instead of thinking them. And it's so interesting because I've always made decisions based on feeling like I have like a gut reaction to things and I can just, I'm so decisive. Like I just know in my heart and my soul and my gut and my body and I can think quickly, act, think we think, act quickly. Yet when it comes to my emotional life, I tend to think it and not feel it. And um, that's something that I'm going to start practicing is making space to feel my feelings. And I recognize now that that's a practice, which is crazy. So maybe you relate to that and don't really have anything to share aside from just the observation. And I'm going to transition now. So the shadow side of my chart, what came out was perfectionism and unworthiness and dear my goodness um I've been sitting with that so hard that's been my work since I've had my daughter I recognized you know before I was pregnant that I tied so much of my worthiness to my projects and that's where I got um self-satisfaction and that's where I felt you know if I was performing well then I was great if I wasn't performing well I was not great like I tied my level of worthiness to outside of myself right and perfectionism held me back from exploring and doing things that I was passionate about because if I couldn't do them 100% I didn't want to do it at all and specifically with this podcast I have had to do a lot of self-talk around like, do your best, do your best, keep going. You're excited about this. You're committed to this, but I'm not doing it perfectly. And it's so hard for me to continue to enjoy the process of creating this podcast because I so badly um, want to judge myself for the fact that, you know, it wasn't an overnight sensation and, um, you know, my Instagram is a mess and I haven't found other ways of marketing and blah, blah, blah. And then I have to take a step back and be like, it doesn't matter if it's not perfect and it doesn't matter if it hasn't reached 10,000 listens for every episode. Like I'm enjoying this and I want to do this. And that's what makes the action of doing it worth it. And whether or not it becomes a successful podcast or the small community that I've built continues to enjoy and listen to the episode. Like I'm still 100% 
amazing inside, right? And that's that's my practice right now. And Ashley also said that anything I put my mind to will grow, but it's going to take time. And that's so hard for me. I'll tell a, a quick story. So back when I was in sixth grade, my gym teacher asked if I wanted to run track. And he told me that if I ran track, I could get out of class like a few afternoons a week. And I was like, heck yeah, I want to miss school to go and hang out with people. And at my first track meet that I ever ran, having never ran on a a track before, I got first place. And then I continued to go on and do really well in track. I was a sprinter and I never had a try hard. And so that kind of set an early stage for me for what success looked like. Like I didn't have to practice hard. I kind of just showed up to the meets and did really, really well. It like came very natural to me. And so then as I got older, when things didn't come naturally and I had to try to succeed, I would give up because I'm like, oh, well, I'm not naturally good at this and I'm not succeeding right away. And so I'm just going to stop because I enjoyed being a winner. I loved the intention. I loved the validation. And that's something that I'm now an adult, an adult. Let's see. What am I trying to say? Now as an adult, here we go. I'm learning that I actually have to put the footwork in. I have to take time and it, and success and um, being good at something takes time. And that's where I'm at right now. And um, I'm going to let this build and recognize that my worthiness in life and who I am as a person is completely detached from any of my external pursuits. And I'm going to let it be a practice of my self-worth, right? Of just recognizing that the fact that I'm showing up and trying to do something that's new to me, that I care about, that I really want to do, that that makes it worth the effort, period. And Ashley, um, she mentioned that one of my purposes in this life is to be of service. I have a strong desire to be of service. And specifically with this podcast, I started it because I was always so hungry to hear stories from other moms, not just advice. Like, yes, the parenting advice podcast where experts come on and tell you different parenting things, you know, so on and so forth. Those are great. Yet I always really wanted to hear real life mom stories. That was what I was craving a year ago before I started this podcast. And so this is almost one of my acts of service. Like I want to be here sharing stories, um, allowing other moms a space to tell their stories. And so other women out there can hear what moms are going through and not feel so alone in their experience. And I also have a desire to be of service in so many other ways. And I know that my time will come again to find other avenues to be of service in the world. Yet right now, my biggest service that I'm making in my life is at home with my daughter, which I'm about to get to. But before I get to that, um, she called out how she was like, I bet writing comes so naturally to you. And I was like, yes, that's 
I've been called to write for so long and I haven't made space to write for a long time and I'm going to be shifting a few things so I can dedicate a bit more time to write and that brings me to Sloan, right? So um, I've had a tough time making space for my own personal practices. Like, you know, I talked about in the beginning, um, my personal practices are so important to me. My self-work is so important to me. Um, I've had such a tough time making space for this podcast and writing because, you know, Ashley, she confirmed something that I've always known about Sloan. And I've actually gotten a lot of pushback for how I've parented her because Sloan needs so much attention. I can't even begin to tell you how much attention that my daughter needs. Um, as a little baby, she never wanted to be put down. Like if I was holding her, if we were like practically touching, she was 100% fine. The second I tried putting her in like the mamaru or a swing or a seat and move around to do something, she was not having it. And, um, Alex and I, I'm pretty sure until Sloan could sit on her own in a high chair, we would literally, one of us would hold her when we were eating. We would pass her back and forth. Um, we would, I would eat with one hand. Um, she's just really always needed to be in the mix. And now she's starting to play independently, but it's only when she wants to. So I couldn't be like, oh, I need to finish this task for 30 minutes. So over here, you, you know, play with this Sloan, like be over here for 30 minutes. If she wasn't feeling it, it is not going to happen. But then there's times like yesterday, for instance, we got home from traveling and Alex and I were trying to get things done and Sloan um, immediately let us know by acting out that she needed more attention. And I mean, it's developmentally appropriate for her to express her needs by acting out. But, you know, we took turns being on the ground with her and playing. And then probably after about like a half hour or so of us, like focusing all of our attention on her, then she went and played on her own. And Alex and I were able to both do things to like, you know, unpack and so on and so forth after our trip, but it happened on her time. Right. And people have always told me that I just needed to let her get upset and I was spoiling her and she would learn and blah, blah, blah. But deep down, I've always known like, nope, this is her. Like she needs the attention and we have to kind of follow her lead a lot of the time. And I know that this is how it is for our season of life right now. And Ashley did confirm for me that as she gets older, she is going to need more space for herself. But right now I know that she really, really needs to be seen and she really needs attention. And that's been so clear to me since the moment that she's been born. And I need to say this now. So I think I know it is so important to call attention to the fact that our kids are not robots. So I'm kind of going to go off on a tangent here, right? Um, what I'm talking about with Sloan, I, I don't know how my son's going to be. He could be entirely different from her, um, but our kids are not robots. And so it's, it's just really important to remember that 
all of our kids are so different and so unique and each kid is going to need something a little bit different in order to have their needs met. And for us to be evolved conscious parents, I believe it's our duty to truly stop and slowly unravel what our children need from us instead of trying to force a method of parenting on our children. And I say all of this for two reasons. Um, first, I know my parents loved me as much as they could, but I think that they were too busy and distracted with their own lives. And I also know that conscious parenting wasn't, you know, like a thing back then. So it's not something that was being thrown at their face, but, um, they, I, I do not feel that they were able to identify the nuanced approach to nurturing that I needed as a highly sensitive person and child. So a lot of my needs as a child went unmet. And since I had that experience, I'm intentionally creating the time and space to meet Sloan where she's at because I know it's going to set her up for emotional and mental health later in life, right? So that's kind of my first part of that tangent. And my second one is um, there are a lot of really great parenting resources out there, right? Um, But I want to encourage you to remember that your kid is unique and tuning into them and your intuition will truly make the biggest difference for both you and your child's overall happiness. So for instance, with Sloan, I recognize that routines are very important for children and that's something that all the parenting experts are going to tell you and a lot of the parenting experts will say like you're not a short order kitchen I don't know if I'm saying that right you know but you're this isn't a restaurant like let like pick what your kids are going to eat and give it to them and that would never work with Sloan right so it's like we have the routine of when we eat and where we eat but I let her choose I mean I'm not like oh here's the entire kitchen but I'm like would you rather have this this or this for a snack or would you rather have this or this for dinner and that makes things so much easier and better for us right if I was just like here's your meal and this is what you're eating and you're not getting anything else like that would be a disaster for her and for me and same thing with her clothes like I'm like do you want to wear these pants or these pants and if I'm just if I was like oh this is what you're wearing today again disaster and so I try to have as much um routine and you know structure as I can however I hold the boundaries on things that are necessary, but anytime I can give flexibility or choice and independence, I do because I recognize that's what Sloan needs. And Ashley so confirmed that for me. And I'll say, you know, I think choice may be overwhelming for some kids, right? Like your kid, if you if you were like, oh, do you want all these choices? That might overwhelm them. Like maybe they're supported in you supporting them with giving them, you know, what food that they're going to eat or what they're going to wear. And that's why I think it's important to let your kids tell you who they are. Or maybe consider getting a birth chart reading to help you get a little more insight on them. Yet I think you probably intuitively know what your kids need, right? And 
after my reading, I was like, you know, damn, I have been questioning what I knew is right because it doesn't always follow what the quote experts say. Um, yet parenting Sloan the way we parent her is not easy. It takes a lot of time and energy. And in the same breath, I wholeheartedly know I'm doing what's best for her and the season will pass as she grows and she and I will both be in a better place because I made small sacrifices now to ensure she was having her needs met appropriately. And I really encourage you to stop and ask yourself, you know, maybe things are going like super great with you and your kid and you have a rhythm. If that's the case, awesome. Um, Sloan and I actually did kind of have a pretty good rhythm going and I was causing myself a lot of internal strife because I overanalyze everything and now I'm just kind of like okay like we're working with what works for us and I'm doing what's best for her and what's best for me and even though it does not 100% flow with what every single parenting expert may share I'm doing what's right for us and I encourage you to do the same and so yeah maybe having a birth chart reading would be helpful for you or maybe just taking a step back and really evaluating like what does my kid need how am I parenting like am I trying to force a specific you know parenting methodology on them or maybe my own um, conditioning I don't know, yet now that I've had this reading, I can really um, breathe easier recognizing that I'm giving Sloan exactly what she needs in this moment, and I'm now going to kind of transition to what I'm going to do moving forward here. After I sat with the reading I had with Ashley, I recognized that I needed to make more space in my life. I need more space for my own practices. I need more space to write and I need a hell of a lot of space to parent Sloan because she takes so much attention, right? So moving forward, I'm only going to release a podcast every other week until January. And then I'm going to take a solid maternity leave and I'm not pre-planning a, you know, quote, comeback date because I'm going to let Silas and Sloan and Alex and myself determine when the best time for me to come back will be versus forcing it because independence is important to me. And yeah, I'm going to, you know, use the space trying to release an episode every week was not feeling good to me. It wasn't working well with my family and our needs. And I was forcing that out of, you know, my perfectionism tendencies and my um, struggle that I have around self-worth and wanting, you know, to be seen and to be successful. And so now I'm going to take a step back. This project, A Podcast for Moms, it's so important to me and for me, yet I don't need to be perfect quote unquote perfect at it I just need to do my best and doing my best is going to be releasing an episode every other week and with that extra time that I will be having to not have to cram 
an episode out every single week. I'm going to prioritize writing and I'm going to prioritize dropping, you know, some of those heavy critical thoughts that I have in my head down into my body. So more meditation, more yoga, um, more embodiment practices. And I'm also going to leave a lot of space for trust, right? So, you know, as I've said so many times, I tie my worthiness to success. And I've been writing this story that I'm only worthy if I'm, you know, quote unquote, doing something. And so now I'm going to really trust that I have a long road until I will have the space to fully be active outside of my home because I'm very committed to householding right now. And householding is a term that I'm borrowing from a muse of mine, Elena Brower. And yeah, I mean, I'm 20 weeks pregnant, so I'm going to have another baby soon. And it's going to take some time until both of my kids are in full-time school or preschool. And so I have years literally where I will only be doing a little bit right of my own stuff and so this is going to be such a practice of coming back to allowing me to be enough and letting go of needing to have that external validation out there and I know not Everyone listening um, is a stay-at-home parent, yet I'm sure you can relate to some of what I say right now, and maybe what I've shared here can kind of translate to you surrendering a little bit to your performance at work, right? Like in this season, if you're a new parent, maybe right now you are not giving 110% at work. Maybe you are not doing everything at full capacity and allowing that to be okay. And instead of judging yourself, show up, do your best and trust that the season of life is really short. And when, you know, your kids get a little bit older and they're more independent, I know a lot of listeners have small kids, um, life is going to be different and we'll have more space to, dedicate to our work and our life and caring for ourselves yet right now we are spread pretty thin and so just giving ourselves some grace I think that's my biggest takeaway here um, from the reading that you know it's all in the stars right and we're in a season of life and over time we're going to go through a lot of different seasons and so just showing up and doing your best is the most important part and then to tie it all together like you know the truth of yourself and sometimes you need to be reminded and sometimes it needs to be reaffirmed yet if you can just take a couple minutes a day to check in with you and with your kid all the answers are there and that's what I walked away with, and that's what I'm sharing, so thank you for listening, I will have another episode coming out with Jessie Gartner, she, her episode will be releasing on October 27th, and she so beautifully shares her story about how she has, um, 
made decisions in her life that led her to her truth and her new passion, which is um, connecting her daughters to um, the earth and land stewardship. So I'm excited to share that episode. And yeah, I'll hopefully be, you'll be seeing a little bit more of my writing and maybe I'll share some of my embodiment practices as well. I'm just so grateful to have um, the time and the space to connect with you. And I would love to hear from you as well. I really appreciate when I receive emails and direct messages about your experience listening to the podcast. So please reach out. It's literally the reason why I created a podcast for moms was to build community. And I would love to hear from you. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share this episode with your friends. And you can help us grow by subscribing, rating, and reviewing a podcast for moms on your favorite podcasting platforms. I'd love to connect with you. Feel free to direct message me on Instagram at a podcast for moms or send me an email, a podcast for moms at gmail.com. I can't do this alone. Together, though, we are a movement of moms revolutionizing the world through radical motherhood.